Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. In case you may not be aware, charging an electric vehicle doesn't always require expensive public chargers. Batteries can be swapped, cars can pull up to a charging pad, or mobile charging service can come to the driver's home or business. This is Topic C. Yes, the recent legislation, it calls for the build-out of this nationwide massive public charging system. But let's be honest, it's going to take time and it's not going to get to everybody everywhere all the time because it's going to be almost impossible to try to judge or support places where people may buy electric vehicles. Let me give you an example. In this state, in the state I live in, the state of Iowa, there are electric vehicles in all 99 counties. Now, obviously, in the more populated counties, there are way more. But in sparsely populated counties, there are electrics too. Does it make sense for a public utility or even a private charging service to build facilities in a county that may have a total of 25,000 folk, three EVs, does it make sense? No, it doesn't. However, what if you happen to be one of those owners and you're traveling in a sparsely populated part of the state where EVs, EV charging is not necessarily widely available? What do you do? Are you just out of luck? Five years ago, I would have said yes. Today, not so much. Not so much. Right now, a lot of the EV charging stations that are out there that have been built in the last five to 10 years are level two. What does that mean? A level two charger is great if you're going to spend, if you've got, if you're going to work, you're going to plug it in, you're going to work for eight hours and come out. It's great because it doesn't charge that fast. These are typically home charges as well, where you would charge overnight. But as a public charger in today's world, yeah, not so much. You want to be able to get in there and get in and out uh, the sooner the better. The level three chargers, which are fast DC chargers, what they call them, are promised, but there are even some levels of those. Anywhere from roughly 150 kilowatts all the way up to 800. And obviously, the higher the kilowatt hours available, the faster the charging. And the industry is moving towards fast charging. But here's the difference. A, pub, a level two public charger may cost between twenty dollars to $30,000 to install. A level three fast charger that is super fast, and I'm talking roughly above 400 kilowatts, is going to run between four dollars to $750,000 each. Hmm. You're not putting that in a sparsely populated county. It's not happening. So what do you do? Well, there are some options. Alternatives include battery storage, battery swapping, wireless charging, and mobile charging. And each has a different use case and potential. Let me walk backwards and let me talk about mobile charging, which makes the most sense right now in the United States. There are a slew of companies offering charging as a service, saying that if you can't get to the charger, we'll get to you. And in the cities, they're like, whatever. But in rural parts, particularly if you live in a rural apartment building where you don't have the facilities, you don't own a home, or you rent the home, and the landlord is unable or unwilling to install an EV charger. They don't want to spend the money, or they don't want you to spend the money because they don't want the next person who may rent that facility may not need it, may not use it, may not want it. So that's dead money. What do you do? Are you out of luck? Do you not own an electric vehicle? Maybe you want an electric vehicle for a lot of the other advantages. Well, 
mobile charging as a service, particularly in those cases where they start with green power, where the power that charges the batteries that they bring to you and the vehicle that shows up, the vehicle's electric, the mobile units are charged with green energy, so everything is sustainable. Now, there are some companies, <laughs> believe it or not, that offer it as a service, but they offer it with you know, diesel-powered generators. And I went like, well, why? That kind of defeats the purpose. Why even bother? But their point is, again, rural, particularly very extremely rural, it makes sense, at least in the interim, as the infrastructure and the technology works to catch up with where the demand is. And no doubt, with the way this technology has been moving as fast as it's been moving, the cost of batteries, for example, EV batteries has fallen dramatically in the last 10 years and may be in some cases already at parity with gasoline engine vehicles. And if it's not, it will be in the next two to three years. Something else to think about. As they build out a fast EV charging network, they're working towards getting charging times down too. Within 10 to 15 years, the day will come where you will be able to recharge your vehicle to from 10, 15% uh, percent charge to 100% charge, five, 10 minutes. That's underway right now. And in some cases for some vehicles, that's close to true today. But expect that to be the way it is in the next 10 years. Something else. This is free from Ken. I'm not going to charge it for this one. Expect the default range to be closer to 500 miles by the end of the decade. It's kind of de facto 300 now. And in the country, it almost works. But when you account for extreme weather, extreme heat, extreme cold, which saps battery, power, and distance, when you, when you adjust for weight or hauling or towing, all of those things matter. So to get closer to 500 miles, realizing that depending on the load, what you're doing with it and when you're doing it, it may be closer to 250 to 300 miles, it still makes it viable. Anything less than that, it suddenly doesn't become viable when you apply a load or weather or real life to it. That's coming. So we have mobile charging, which if you're out in rural or you get stuck, you really don't care at that point about the power long as you can get plugged in and get underway. Something else that this article doesn't talk about, but automakers are building in, it's called bi-directional charging. What that does is it allows another EV to actually, if you will, jumpstart yours and maybe give you enough current to get to the next charger. That's a thing that will be very real. And I would expect to, to expand. In fact, I would expect some pickup truck models to be to excel at that. Ford Lightning does it right now. And I think some other brands do, too, where the day may come where your savior may not necessarily be a, t a mobile service, but might be your neighbor who saw you along the way and said, hey, can you give me some juice to get to the uh, charging station? 10 minute charge, you're on your way with enough juice to get there. That's a very real thing that they're engineering in now. So look for that. Battery swapping. I had originally poo-pooed that idea a while back, and like, that makes no sense. But when you think about it, when they tell you that the battery is anywhere around 30 to 40% of the cost of the vehicle, it's a major cost of the vehicle. When you get to that point, 
then it's an issue of, wow, if we are engineered where we can swap the battery, then I can lease the battery and save upwards of 10 grand on the price of the vehicle. It's a big deal in China. It's not so much a big deal here, but I could see where it could get traction, particularly for some mid-range vehicle price-wise. And then there is the wireless charging, where current is translated to uh, magnetic waves and used to recharge the vehicle. That could be really cool in some certain applications. We've come to the end of this episode. Be sure to join me again next time right here. This has been the Tech Mobility Show. The Tech Mobility Show is a copywritten production of Tech Mobility Productions Incorporated. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Tech Mobility Productions Incorporated. Welcome to AONMeetings.com, your next video conferencing and webinar platform. Host your next virtual meeting or your paid webinar with registration and secure file sharing, break rooms, classrooms, and much more. With over five levels of security to know that your data is safe and secure and 100% browser-based, keep in touch with family and friends using the newest meeting platform. Go to AONMeetings.com to start your free seven-day trial. That's AONMeetings.com to start your seven-day free trial. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Ken Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out and be sure to follow us.